So sometimes the the hard work of placemaking that we're called to is anything but fun. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it asks, um, actually quite often, I think it asks more of us than we can give, but that might actually be the point. For those of you who've been hanging around here on the Isle of Misfits for any length of time, you know that one of our core values here is all about seeking beauty and truth everywhere it can be found. Well, today, my friends, we are all about the pursuit of beauty. And I'm not talking about just makeovers and spa days. Oh, no, no, no. It's so much more than that. I mean, okay, listen to this quote. This magnetic pull toward beauty is an inclination most of us carry, but few of us acknowledge. Even if we are aware of it, we seldom honor it as something planted in us for a purpose. Now, come on now, that is good stuff. And I can't even tell you how excited I am that the source of that quote is our very special guest with us today. Her name is Christy Purifoy, and she is the author of a book called Placemaker, Cultivating Places of Comfort, Beauty, and Peace. So welcome, Christy. Welcome to the Isle of Misfits. Oh, it is so good to be here. And wow, that introduction. Thank you. I'm really excited for our conversation. Oh, well, like I, I told you just moments ago that I didn't even know I needed this book until it was in my hands. So thank you for writing it. Oh, you're welcome. And I am hoping uh, many people will have that same reaction. I think uh, I think there's some unexpected things in the book. I tried to write something a little bit different, dare we say. <laughs> and I love that you did. I love that you did. In fact, in your honor, I just want you to know, I tried to make my recording space a little more beautiful today. Oh, <laughs> so placemaking as a podcaster. I love it. I got a candle going. And uh, Apple, Autumn Apple, thank you very much. And I brought a picture down of like one of my most beautiful places in Ithaca, New York that I just love to go to. So I'm staring at it right now. Oh, that's super inspiring. And you know, I'm not too many hours south of Ithaca. Ithaca is gorgeous. Ah, pun intended. Yes. So you've been there. I have, I have. You know, oh yes, that's one of my all-time favorite go-to places. So, all right, so we have so much to talk about today. And um, and one of the things we have to do, I mean, we don't have to, but you already told me that you would, so <laughs> you kind of have to. So we got to do it. We got to play the stupid game. <laughs> I'm glad you preface it with stupid because games make me nervous. I think I'm too competitive for my own good, but it's not, I think this will be a good one. So right, let's well, go this, for it. Yeah. And you can't, you can't lose. The, that's the beauty. Of right, the right. That, you cannot lose. It's a perfect game. Everyone's a winner. Although if you're competitive, maybe you don't like that. But okay, so here's the game. <laughs> Today, in your honor, because it's all about beauty, we're calling it Beauty or the Beast. And this is how it's going to go. I'm going to give you a decorating trend, okay? And you're going to tell me, in your humble opinion, is it beautiful or is it beastly? Can you do that? I will try. <laughs> try. Okay, all right. We'll start with the one that everybody's doing right now. Shiplap. Go. Uh, shiplap. It's pretty, and I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, but it's so pretty. That All that blank whiteness with a little bit of texture, it's lovely. But it really it, is. There, but there's a lot of it now, right? <laughs> there is, although I've been in a, a little, okay, it's a little TMI, a little insight into my marriage. My husband and I have had this 
I don't know, is fight the right word? We have this huge brick wall, a fireplace wall, and I kind of hate it. And and I've just been begging him to, can we do something about it? And shiplap was mentioned in that conversation. So, you know, it it would be beautiful. I think that's a great treatment for a space like that. So, yeah, um, Yeah. pretty, but... I don't have any in my house and I'm not planning on putting it up. So there we are. (laughs) Yeah. I don't see that happening for us either. So, okay. Moving right along. Uh, Repurposing. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That's the best. I am a weekly uh, thrift store shopper. I love shopping the house. Oh yeah. All about that. I knew I liked you. (laughs) All righty. Okay. So, all right. Now this segues into the next thing. This is like the next level of of thrift store, actually. Shabby chic. How do you feel about that? Okay, so I have a special place in my heart for shabby chic. It was the first decorating trend I really embraced, and I've never really let it go. I think because I love flowers so much, and it's all about the old roses and all of that. So I know it's not the height of style anymore, but I don't think I'll ever quit it. Hey, and you gotta you be you. That's what right, I'm saying. Right. So, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, how about minimalism? Okay, so I think of myself as a maximalist, but minimalism is not only beautiful, it's peaceful. And I think we probably all, no matter where we fall on the spectrum, need a little bit more of it in our lives. I know I do. It's true. There's oh yeah, I think there's a whole blog or website or something, you know, the minimalist. I'm sure there's probably mm-hmm. thousands thousands of blogs about yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. I'm not a natural minimalist, but it's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, we all strive. So, okay, so I won't <laughs> ask you how you feel about maximalism because you just told me. Um, nope, all right. I'm all for it. <laughs> Tell me how you feel about shag carpeting. Oh, you know, it's cozy underfoot, uh, but, you know, wood floors are so beautiful, so uh, I'm on the fence. I once lived in an apartment, and I write about this uh, little place in the book, Placemaker, that had major shag carpeting, and the thing I learned is it requires an extra powerful vacuum cleaner, so unless you have a new vacuum cleaner in your budget, maybe no. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, we um, we went from a place with hardwood, and I loved it, um, and now it's all carpeting. And, you know, it does feel good under your feet. I will it say does. that. So yeah. there's something beautiful everywhere, right? You know, that's right. I think that's, I think that's where I land. There's something beautiful in whatever you've got. You just got to open your eyes and maybe try a little harder, and it's there. Exactly. Okay, so we're going to just one more. We're going to land okay. on the <laughs> ceiling. Ironically enough, popcorn ceilings. Oh, popcorn ceilings. So I have a fondness from my childhood for not only popcorn ceilings, but I had um, relatives who had popcorn ceilings where they had also, when they sprayed the popcorn, sprayed glitter onto the ceiling. Nice. Yes. And as a kid, oh, it was the most magical ceiling ever. So I I wouldn't recommend that to anyone today because I know a lot of people are working hard and spending money to scrape the popcorn off their ceilings. So maybe don't do it. But if you've got it, embrace it. (laughs) The kids in your life will love it. (laughs) And add glitter. I think that's... Add glitter. Yes. Yes. Glitter makes, yeah, makes everything better, even popcorn ceilings. (laughs) So I got to ask you, were there there little um, glow-in-the-dark stars up there by any chance not on that ceiling but there were on my childhood bedroom and uh in my boys my boys have them on their ceiling now so i am a big fan of plastic stick on star sticker things oh yeah i'm with you so (laughs) beautifully in this game christy in fact you did so well here's your prize and you are the first guest who who i get to announce this 
on the air live, although we're live now. Anyway, you get your very own Isle of Misfits mug. <gasps> no way! Oh, is yes. this real? Is this for real? real? It's for oh, real. It's happening. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> it makes coffee taste way more awkward, so I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> Awesome. A beautiful addition to your mug collection. So congratulations. Thank you. I feel very special. <laughs> well, all right. So here, here's the thing. So great job. But that game really wasn't a fair representation of what we're here to talk about today. Because <laughs> your book, Placemaking, is it's about so much more than just merely decorating your yeah. home. And, and, you know, nothing against Pinterest or Chip and Joanna, but... You have something deeper here to say about our draw to beauty. In fact, your focus seems to be a lot on nature rather than on furniture or man-made decor. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to shut up and I'm going <laughs> to let you tell us a little, a little bit about what exactly this whole idea of placemaking is. Yeah. You know, when I set out to write this book, I thought I had stories to tell that would be inspiring. I thought I even had maybe advice to offer to encourage people to uh, participate in, you know, God's own creative efforts in the world. I think our God has created beautiful places and loves places and loves taking care of places. And I thought, oh, I'm going to inspire people to, to participate in that. What I didn't anticipate is when I sat down to write these stories and I really considered all the places I've lived, all the homes I've made, I realized that those places had changed me. <laughs> and it was it became very humbling to tell these stories to realize that, in fact, maybe I hadn't done so much of the changing or the making more beautiful, but in fact, the beauty that was already there, the beauty that sometimes was really hard to see or hard to appreciate had changed me profoundly. So, so the book wasn't what I expected it, um, but you're right. I do this thing I call placemaking. It's, it's a word I came up with just to try to capture the the wholeness of this thing that I, I've come to believe my life is all about and um, the life I share with my husband and my kids. And it's it's bigger, you know, the, the word might remind some listeners of homemaking. And so it's it's certainly related to, to homemaking. If you think of yourself as a homemaker, then placemaking is definitely a part of that. But homemaking felt um, maybe a little too small or a little too narrow for me. Um, I felt like placemaking is about more than just our houses. It might be our gardens. It might be our city neighborhoods. It might be the block we live on. It might be a public park that we help care for. I mean, it, it, it could be about more than just the four walls around us. Um, but not only that, I think home uh, homemaking is sometimes, we think of it as limited to, to those, maybe especially women who... Um, uh, spend most of their time at home or work from home. And I see placemaking as something we do, whether we are men or women, whether we uh, spend most of our, our hours in our home or out of it, whether we have young kids or not. Placemaking is something that we can all participate in. And I really think it's an invitation that God makes to us. He says, look, I, you know, I made a garden. I made um, a promised land, a temple, a church. And so this is something sort of in our um, divine DNA, so to speak, this, this this, um, this attention to places, this care for places, and whether or not we think of ourselves as homemakers or whether or not we're gardeners, we are all um, tending the ground beneath our feet, even if that ground is like a small rental apartment or a college dorm room. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're talking about really our spheres of influence, wherever yeah. like wherever the soles of our feet tread. That's, yes, yeah, yeah, that's where we we make that place of of 
I love that word that you use, invitation, you know, invitation to to beauty and to peace mm-hmm. and to, yeah, to just cultivating that kind of an atmosphere where people feel at peace and welcome. Yeah. And, you know, it might be putting shiplap on your brick wall to lighten up the space. It It might might just be lighting a candle. You know, it can be that simple. (laughs) Right. Or it might not be having fights with your husband about it. There you go. Just throwing that one out there, too, (laughs) to myself. But, but yeah, I love that. In fact, I love what you said, that it's, it's the beauty that's already there, you know, and, and how you, you initiated your, your thoughts with by saying, you know, those places changed me. So mm-hmm. it's more than just, well, I'm going to throw some decorations on the wall or I'm going to try to make it pretty. It's, it's, it's absorbing the beauty that's already around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one of the places that changed me the most, um, so I live in an old farmhouse now, kind of out in the country slash suburbia, <laughs> but I lived in the city. I lived in Chicago for 10 years, and that place changed me profoundly. It was a wonderful place to live. It was often not an easy place to live. Um, it was there was the gift of community there, but there was also the hard work of being a good neighbor to people that I lived in very close proximity to. Um, but every day I am grateful for those for those years in the city. And, you know, did I, did I leave behind more beauty <laughs> than I found? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a question I ask. You know, what I lived so fiercely in those years, put down such roots. And and it's hard to know sometimes what I left behind, but I know what I took away. And that was um, an attitude toward home and place and community and hospitality that was uh, profoundly shaped by by the city. And I love that thought. I love the way you put it, because it's not always easy. You know, we think when we think of a gift or we think of something beautiful, you know, our, our thoughts default to you know, like the candle that's burning yeah. next to me and, the, you know, the spa and the tranquility and, the, you know, we're seldom as heard a discouraging word and the sky is not yeah. cloudy all day. And that's that's an aspect of it. But but like you said, there's hard work, even with a gift. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. It's something I experience every day in my garden. I, I love gardening. I think of myself as a gardener, but... Um, I'm quite often miserable in my garden, just to be perfectly honest, because it's a place that stretches me. It uh, pushes me past my comfort zone. I get hot and sweaty and bitten with mosquitoes, and I, you know, I feel the limits of my own um, abilities in the garden. So sometimes the the hard work of placemaking that we're called to is anything but fun. <laughs> and you know, sometimes it asks. Um, actually, quite often, I think it asks more of us than we can give. But that might actually be the point. Mm, yes, in fact, okay, this is one of the quotes that that jumped out at me. It's a short quote, but wow, it just packs such a punch. You said limits are a gift. I want to hear more about that. Yeah, you know, I still struggle with that. I, I believe it. <laughs> I stand mm-hmm. by the truth of it, but it's right. not easy. It's not right. easy. Limits are a gift, you know, in different ways. Um, for instance, you know, if we're we're in a, a humble home and we're trying to make it be- more beautiful for our family, we have limited budgets. We have limited time. Um, and I think sometimes that's a gift in the sense that when not everything is possible, then we just do the one or two possible things. And then we can, you know, we can move on to what's next and enough is enough. So sometimes the limits help us make our decisions, you know, when we don't have endless choices. Sometimes that's a gift. Sometimes limits are the thing that just force us to recognize who we really are in relation to a place. So 
the limits, particularly in the place where I live now, just remind me all the time about um, the fact that I, I serve this place, but I don't own this place. I'm not in charge of this place mm. in a way. And so I think uh, limits can foster that kind of humility before a place. I feel very humble when I'm in my garden because I often feel like I'm failing this ground. You know, I'm failing these flowers as I let these weeds grow. But that humility um, I've learned is I mean, it's a good thing. It's 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 a good thing. It's hard. It's hard, but it's a good thing. And and limits, I think, foster that kind of humility. Limits also, oh, they lead us. They can be the thing that guides us. So often, when I I don't know what's next, I don't know, um, you know, the next. I'm looking for that next little stepping stone in life. Limits are the things that that make the way more narrow. And, and you say, okay, well, this is the only direction I can go, given the, the limits that are around me. And so I think limits can be a gift in that sense, because they can um, be sort of like, uh, uh, you know, the light that leads us on. We can't go in every direction, because every direction isn't open to us. So we go in the one direction that that's there. And so I've been grateful for limits for that reason as well. You know, and that's just such an amazingly comforting way to to view limits you know because we look at yeah. limits like oh don't don't box me in you know and yeah that's, yeah that's kind of our default position in so many ways especially in this culture of unlimited options unlimited yes. trips to the salad bar or whatever yeah. you know we 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 look at it as a negative and yet that perspective is excuse me for saying it beautiful um you know but and and the thing is you also talk about limits are the way that god often draws us to himself mm-hmm. because it draws us to the end of ourselves exactly and we have to depend on him yeah that's exactly it and you know that's almost never fun and always good <laughs> hardly ever yeah right mostly never yeah. i hear you sister yeah but, but yeah i i just love that perspective um so on that note you know you you talk about here's another quote you say we were never meant to merely consume the gifts of creation. We were meant to collaborate, mm, to participate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so wh- what do you mean by that? Especially, so we mm-hmm. just talked about limits. So, so how do we collaborate and participate with the gift of creation in the context of limits? Yeah, uh, great question. So first I'll just preface it by saying what I mean is, you know, maybe you can imagine creation, this earth, and especially its beauties as like a a movie. And I don't think God wants us just to sit in the movie theater and clap. I mean, we can do that sometimes. Like if we go to the Grand Canyon, what can you do but just stand there in awe and clap, right? So that's okay sometimes. But if that's all we ever did, then we aren't um, we aren't living, I think, as the image bearers we are. And as image bearers of God, we're made to live and create and um, imagine new beautiful things in a way that's similar to, to how God does it. So I think in the places that He's created for us, He invites us to, okay, maybe not make a new Grand Canyon, but I don't know, maybe make a little pond in the backyard, right? I mean, it seems mm. like such a humble thing, but it's it's related to that creative impulse that created the, the Grand Canyon. So, in the context of limits, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I think some of the stories I tell are really about that process of learning um, to be humble before a place and to, um, and it's the limits that taught me. I, I tell a story of our first uh first attempt at DIY and how badly we failed. (laughs) Oh, I bet I could top you there. (laughs) 
but you know, um, I mean, not only does failure teach us, it teaches us, okay, I'm not going to do that next time. Um, but it also, it's just, it, I think it means that we don't, we don't rush in where angels fear to tread, you know? <laughs> we take right. our time and we listen and we look and we pay attention to um, beauty that, that might already be there waiting for us, um, that maybe just needs a little clearing of the weeds, so to speak, to be highlighted. Instead of assuming that, hey, I, you know, I'm inspired by the latest HGTV show and I'm just going to rush in with my sledgehammer and boom. Um, I think rarely does that that end Instant. well, <laughs> literally and metaphorically. <laughs> right, right. Because beauty, there's there's a process, right? Yes. We, we think we think of beauty as well. There's the result. There it is, hanging on the wall. Oh but, yeah. But there's beauty in the process. The process, yeah. I think time is a big, big part of this equation. That's something I've learned in the garden. Like a garden is never just that what you see in that snapshot, right? Because a garden only, it's like a work of art that only exists in time, and creation right. is that way. Yeah. And, and so it's an exertion. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. This yeah. constantly shifting, moving thing, and that makes it really exciting, but um, also uniquely challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so um, Sarah Groves, if you've ever heard of her, yes. her song, so I, that the, the lyric is just, it's singing in my head as we speak that I am the moon with no light of my own, but still you have made me to shine. And to me, that's what you're talking about. You know, we, we yeah. absorb the beauty around us, but we don't just absorb it. We don't just clap. We get to reflect it right. in us, you know, in our small little way. But that small little way is not insignificant. In fact, it reminds me of another quote of yours. Uh, you, you say this, no place on earth is insignificant. Mm-hmm. No shelter is truly anonymous. Beauty can be found almost anywhere. Yeah, I believe it. I've lived it. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that quote from Sarah Groves. Her music is really special. And I think that captures it exactly. You know, and I I think one thing I'm kind of writing against as well is this maybe particularly American or, or Western tendency we have to just think of like trading up for bigger and better. We're always, you know, we're, we're, whether we're moving up to the bigger house or, or the better job or whatever it is, we're, we're, we've got our eyes focused on, on what's next. And I think um, even if there is something bigger for us next, it can really change how we interact with what we've been given today. So in, in writing these stories, part of it was recognizing for me that what I have today might be bigger in a literal sense. So once upon a time, I didn't even have a backyard. I lived in the city. I didn't even, you know, I had a house plant on the windowsill. Today I have some acres and some gardens, but this isn't better mm. <laughs> in, in, in that, in that, you know, th- this isn't simple math, I guess, where, where bigger is always better. But um, I do see a tendency in, in our culture to that attitude. And so um, I hope that the book helps people see the beauty in the small and the ordinary when that small and that ordinary is cared for and loved, um, I think it's it's our love that makes a difference. God loves this world. God loves us, and and that makes a difference. And I think our own our love for the for these places make a difference as well. I I, I think I write somewhere in the book that sacred places are, are these places where we they're they're places that are cared for, and and that's part of what makes them holy and allows us to meet God in those places. So our care is really what matters. Mm, yes, part of what makes something beautiful is that it's cared for, mm-hmm. and that is that is profound when you think about that. I mean, whether it's 
whether it's a, a little, you know, a little potted flower, whether mm-hmm. it's a, a little girl or a yeah. young man or, yeah. or a home or a community, things that are cared for are beautiful. Yeah, is it? It, it kind of gives me goosebumps, actually, because I think the the implications of that just go on and on. They're enormous, and I and I hope it's encouraging too. I hope if if people are confronted with something in the world that they feel like is ugly, and there is ugliness out there, um, maybe it's just some aspect of their community or their home or their yard or their neighborhood that that just seems profoundly broken. I hope that they'll be encouraged to try caring for that space or that place or that that thing um, as a way to bring healing and as a way to cultivate beauty. Okay, so let's let's get real in our last few minutes here then. I, I love I love this as a place to land in this conversation. So how how do I do that? Um, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about it's not necessarily bigger or better, you know, and there's all different places where we live, country, city, suburbs, mm-hmm. you know, some people live in aesthetically beautiful places some people are in really what we would consider ugly places Mm -hmm. but not just physically maybe really an ugly place in my life right now maybe there's just i i just can't find the beauty so where do i start where do do we start yeah yeah i think we start by seeking god's view of a place or a situation or a person, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think we start by saying, you know, what I see might be limited. What I see might not be the whole picture or the whole story. And so we ask in our prayers, God, what do you see? Help me to see it. Because if we can see a person or a place with with God's eyes, if we can have that that compassion for a place or a situation, um, then that's that changes everything from the get-go, right, to, to see with compassion. But because before we've picked up a hammer, before we've changed anything, um, we see with compassion, we see with love, we see with understanding. So um, that is just a, that's just a prayer, right? I mean, that's, that's just a posture and a prayer. So I think we begin there. And then I think it's about, you know, I write so much about, um, like you shared that, that quote in the beginning of our conversation about, uh, believing that the the draw we have to beauty is something planted in us for a purpose and planted in us by God. So I think pay attention to your own um, your own sense of beauty. <laughs> don't 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 tell yourself, well, this isn't practical. This isn't this doesn't solve the problem. This is just extra. We'll we'll take care of things and then later we'll we'll throw in some beauty for for you know like the the icing on the cake. But instead, let yourself believe what I think is true, which is beauty is an aspect of who God is. It's, so it's one of the ways in the world that He shows Himself to us. It's one of the languages, I think, that He, he communicates with us. It, it, it's incredibly powerful. It's not just this extra thing. And so, while well, on the one hand, we look for beauty in unexpected places and in humble places, and, and, uh, and our sense of beauty grows. At the same time, don't let anyone tell you that beauty isn't so important that that these other things matter more beauty matters it's it's very very important so asking the question what do you see Mm -hmm. and not just asking that to the universe or to the air asking asking the creator of the universe what is it that you see because it's not just our surroundings maybe we're asking maybe i'm asking that question about me yeah maybe i need to reckon that 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 issue for myself and then paying attention, as you said, to your own sense of beauty and believing that it's an aspect 
of God and his love language. I love right. that. Right, um, yeah. Oh, so encouraging, so encouraging. Oh, Christy, there's so much We could more. keep going, couldn't so, we? So I know. <laughs> we could, we could. And, and here's the good news. You have a whole yeah. book that does go on and on. And I, I truly, I, I, I just want to encourage everyone listening, get this book if you are at all interested in making this world a more beautiful place or appreciating the beauty that's already surrounding mm-hmm. you. Get the book. Um, there's so much encouragement, so much truth, so much beauty oh. in the book, um, and pun completely <laughs> intended. But, um, but, so to get it, how... How can they get it? Let's talk right. about that. Right. Well, it can. Uh, it comes out March 12th, so it's available for pre-order right now on Amazon.com and, and other uh, retailers. You can walk into your local bookstore and ask for it. March 12th, it's out in the world and will be available everywhere. If you want to find out more, you know, you can come to my website, christypurifoy.com. I'm easy to find. I also show up on Instagram every day sharing pictures of the, the places I'm making, so that's another good place to find me and um on my podcast called uh, out of the ordinary i host a podcast with a old old friend of mine lisa joe baker and um this placemaking thing this finding beauty in the ordinary is something that we talk about weekly there so i'm easy to find the book should be easy to find and i hope your listeners love it oh i I'm just going to go out on a limb and say I know mm-hmm. they will. In fact, yeah, I don't think it's going out <laughs> on a limb at all. Well, Christy, thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, you just keep looking in your mailbox because that mug, it's, it's a Yay! Comment. Oh, I've forgotten. Now I'm excited again. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And you are welcome back on the aisle any old time, any any topic. We can we can turn it into something beautiful. I'm I am too. I would love that. Thank you so much for this invitation today. Thank you. Don't let anyone tell you beauty isn't important. I think those are words to live by. And if you like them, their words, let me make one more shameless plug for Christie's book, Placemaker, Cultivating Places of Comfort, Beauty, and Peace. It's available through your favorite bookseller on March 12th. But hey, you don't have to wait till then. No, no. You can pre-order yours right now through Amazon or by going to her website, christypurifoy.com. Oh, and don't forget, she's got an Insta account you can follow. All kinds of beautiful posts going on there. Yeah, I am a follower. And of course, she has her own podcast you should check out. That one's called Out of the Ordinary. Now, back to this misfit mug business. How'd you like to win your very own? Like I said, they are beautiful. And they make your hot beverage of choice taste way more awkward. So if that's not a selling point, I don't know what. And if you'd like to experience it for yourself, I'll be giving several away throughout the month of February. So all you gotta do is share this podcast or subscribe to the aisle of misfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of misfits.com or follow us on Facebook and voila, you are entered to win just like that. Bottom line, Let's spread the good news of our little misfit community of owning your awkward, loving your fellow misfit, and most especially, opening our eyes to beauty everywhere. <laughs>